0: Welcome to Upward Dogology, where I retrain your brain and introduce you to the world of cognitive behavioral therapy for dogs over the age of six months. Season four is all about recognizing people and organizations who help dogs. In today's episode, we meet Marianne Cox, founder of Street Dog Hero, technically located in Bend, Oregon, USA. But what really makes Street Dog Hero stand out is their presence worldwide. Marianne is all about no limits, no boundaries, and no borders. The snippet piece is on how Upper Dogology saves dogs' lives every day and how you can help. And again, here is the music clip by Danielle Bourgeau, dog lover and kick-ass country singer. And I'm the kind of girl can roll like a guy, but I really don't know. If you're ready for the ride, I'm champagne. Hello, I'm Billy Groom, your host and successful dogologist for three decades. And again with me today, I have David L. Halsell as my co-host. How are you doing, David?
1: Hi, Billy. How are you? I'm happy to be here again.
0: Yay. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, and we have with us today, Marianne from Street Dog Hero, which is like a super cool dog rescue on the super cool West Coast. How are you doing, Marianne? Great. Thank you for having me, you guys. Awesome. Well, it's, it's
1: nice to see you again. Yeah,
0: it's nice to see <laughs> yeah. you again. Um, and we say that because David and I actually had the opportunity to meet Marianne a while ago. Three. Was it three years ago? Almost. Years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Almost, probably. Yeah. Probably almost three years ago uh, at a spay and neuter clinic in Tulum, Mexico. And that was just a uh, chaotic um crazy shit show of a really good time where a ton of dogs got <laughs> neutered. In you guys did a lot of caring. You guys did all the heavy lifting. Well, David no, did. No. I did a lot of uh, running around the- like a chicken with my head cut off and getting the dogs and, and uh, you guys were um, first recovery unit. So a lot of um, cutting the nails and cleaning the ears and getting the shit and crap out of their fur. Is that correct? Yep. Pretty
2: much. And make sure. they. Still- <laughs> yep. huh?
0: That's awesome.
1: Um, so, Street Dog Hero, Marianne, what is the motto or mission of Street Dog Hero?
2: So, Street Dogs here, Street Dog Hero's mission is to save street dogs from around the world or rescue street dogs from around the world. Our motto is pretty much um, be a hero or will you be a hero? Um, yeah, what, our mission's pretty clear. It's just we help dogs wherever they are in need,
0: however we can,
1: no matter where they are. Right.
0: So, right. what countries have you uh, brought dogs into your care from and, and how do you do that?
2: Yeah, so most of our dogs are from Mexico just because we're um, located in the Pacific Northwest, so it's the easiest. Um, so, all over Mexico, we get dogs. We also um, save a lot of dogs from Asia, specifically on the meat farm, which is not street dogs, but again, I can't say no. And when I had the opportunity to help there, um, so we save dogs from South Korea and China. Um, there's a lot of really bad. Um, case of uh, not case, there's a lot of street dogs in India that need a lot of help, so we help them. We help this little country in Europe called Albania that doesn't yeah. get much tourism and they need a lot of help. Um, we also help dogs in Puerto Rico. We save dogs from kill shelters in the United States, specifically Colorado, Texas, Ohio, and California. And Oregon doesn't have kill shelters, but we do help our local shelters um, whenever we can. Wow. Uh, and we also do the Virgin Islands, so. Um, wow. That's where we're at right now. And I'm just, it's ever growing and changing. And like I said, however we, get, however we can help, we always try to help. And how do we do it? Um, we work with rescue partners in these other countries who are on the ground, of course, living there, know the dogs, know the community. Um, they contact us. Um, and we've just formed partnerships over the years. Um, so we literally talk on a daily basis. I talk to everyone. It's really cool. You know, just talk to people all over the world morning wow, night. that is cool um and uh as they rescue the dogs we communicate often And whenever we have people flying from point a to point b either for work or vacation um um we um, put those dogs on those flights and travel and, may, and fly them that way and of course with covid it's covid it's been a little more of a problem getting dogs um we've been flying dogs from mexico but of course everywhere else is kind of shut down so it's kind of been sad because those countries really need our help right now and we are not able to help them.
1: Yeah, it is. And, um, Street Dog Hero has a large president presence in Mexico. You were saying, um, you have employees, volunteers.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. Tell us about that. So, um, Street
2: Dog Hero as a whole, we have, uh, three employees, um, and one of them does live in Mexico. Um, she, I mean, she flies back to Portland maybe twice a month. Wow. Um, that's a And, lot. uh, well, she has her fa- she's originally from Portland and she kind of moved down there just for street dog hero, um, her wow. passion helping. And we, and we know, she know, we knew we needed help down there. This is the best way to, I, I don't want to call brand street dog hero, but we kind of are. We're just letting the, when we do go to Mexico, um, we want people to know that we're there to help. Um, they can trust us cause we are gringos. Um, that, uh, you know, just that we're not going to come in and leave, you know, that they can.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Right. So you, you us. educate.
2: Yes. That's the major thing. So besides rescuing dogs, our big thing is education, raising awareness, making a a change for the future. So the next generation, you know, can, uh, hopefully treat their dogs better and know how to take
0: care of them. Excellent um, approach. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I did notice that the, uh, at that, spay and neuter clinic that we met you at Mm -hmm. there was always that concern that we're getting these dogs off the street. I mean, a lot of them were, were owned by people or they were community dogs, but we did have to just put them back on the street. So that aftercare and knowing that, that the um, organizations were there in Mexico that could continue to help with these dogs after they were either put back on the street or went back with the local families. It wasn't just here, you know, we're spaying or neutering your dog and then there you go. I mean, having that presence is really, really important for the dog's health and to encourage the people to actually come and, come and do it and participate. And for the future of. Correct.
2: I mean, oh, cool. everyone has the stigma, right? Of them, you know, like these people don't like their dogs or treat their dogs well. And as you know, you've been there. These people all really, really love their dogs. They, yeah. Besides a small minority, of course, that are horrible people. But Yeah. Uh, and that but, goes for here too. Yeah, all over the world, exactly. But um, but it's just educating them, like you said, right? And and changing their culture because they know no different, unfortunately. And that's just how they've lived for years and what their parents did, their grandparents did, and how they view dogs. And it's changing. And it's change change
1: takes time, that's for sure. So, yeah. And how are the local volunteers and employees uh Involved in the communities, like rural areas. Right,
0: right at your home area.
2: Yeah, so we have our employees here in Oregon, um, and uh, they help me with everything, Um, uh, everything. We literally are on the phone and the computer, I should say, the moment we wake up, to the moment we go to bed. Um, But they do logistics, um, adoptions, um, fostering, Gosh, everything! I mean, I could go on for hours on that. But um, besides them, we have volunteers. We are foster based only. So there's no physical presence. So we have fosters in um, Seattle, Portland, and Central Oregon, which is Bend, pretty much. That's mm-hmm. where our, all of our major flights come in. Um, and then locally, we have um, a ton of volunteers, all in those locations. But we are doing our own spay and neuter clinics now in throughout Oregon, which is uh, really cool for us to do. COVID actually have. It, it was because of COVID, which is a blessing for us. We were able to help locally we we're supposed to be in Mexico in spring and fall, but we we're going in the next, in a couple weeks, but, and we had to cancel and we still wanted to help. So that's when we decided, why don't we just do, you know, our community needs it as well. So we're going to the rural areas that need help um, that don't have as much, you know, there's more poverty. There's less um, access to vet care or vets in general, so now right. we're doing every two to three months, we're doing local clinics throughout Oregon, which is a huge thing. It's just, oh,
1: that's yeah, great.
2: anyhow, we can help, you know, and because I, we work so hard every day, our, our mind is like, we don't even have time to think because we have yeah. so many dogs flying, so many dogs, yeah. so many questions, adoptions, fosters, it's, you know, medical problems. Um, uh, we don't have time to think outside the box. When COVID hit and everything put a standstill, we're like, okay, now what do we do? How can we help? And it it opened our doors in a in in positive ways.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. COVID yeah. did actually have a lot of positive things.
2: It did it
0: did? Sure. Yeah, and I noticed uh, on your Instagram and and all the links for. For Street Dog Hero will be in my show notes as always for my guests, and as well as how you can donate and how you can find out more about them. But I do notice on your Instagram, uh, you do a lot of the live videos, which is really cool.
2: Yeah, I try to go to Mexico. Well, um, my team and I, and of course Tori's down there, we try to go as often as we can, and that's um, important to me. Um, that's how I learn. Like the first time I met you, so I only start. I started Street Dog Hero three and a half years ago. So I started in April. I think we met in November. So that was me again just going down there trying to learn, you know, right. how do I help? How can I get do better? Um, and that was three years ago. And today I'm running my own clinics in Mexico
0: and Oregon. So it's it's happened. Yeah, that means <laughs> very quickly. It, it's really, really cool. doing, that
1: is quick. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: anyway, I mean, I'm still going down to the spay and neuter clinics, but like to help, obviously, especially when the dogs are coming out of the anesthetic, because that's when they can be yeah. um temperamental and so I I deal a lot with aggression with professionally but I still learn and it's you know three decades later and I go down and I learn about the street dogs and the challenges and the people and the relationships and and meet amazing contacts like yourself so it's it's a constant learning journey yeah you're doing really amazingly well for the amount of time
2: Well, I do. I I would say that the videos, when I go down there, I like to show everybody like why Street Dog Heroes here, why we work so hard, why your money is going to an important cause. Because I can always show like the, hey, this little cute puppy is up for adoption, but no one knows its backstory. And every single Mm -hmm. dog that we have up for adoption has uh, usually horrendous backstories. And they you know, there's lucky to be alive and they're so grateful. And I like, I want people to know that it's not just happy, go lucky.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. It's, different. it's
2: different. It's different than what most people think when they adopt a dog, there's a lot more to it than that. And I want people to know how much work it is. You know? It's a
0: ton of work. Yeah. It, uh, it, it is. A ton. Ton. It's just the amount of time organizing, talking to people. The, the organization is, is just incredible. Even just for one dog without being a large organization, Working worldwide like you do, just even the single people and one dog, it's just, it is a lot. It's not just the vet bills at all.
2: It's more than that. Vet bills are a big one, and transportation costs are a big one. But my team is, I'm really blessed to have a team that's really organized, be really organized, be on top of it, and dedicated. I mean, it's like, you know, know, we have flights coming in every day from different countries, different airports. It's it's sometimes wow. a bit show, but it always hap- It always ends up happening and going well. Thank goodness. Knock on wood.
1: Great. So, how can our listeners who are not in your area help street dog yeah. heroes?
2: Oh my gosh, so many. So it doesn't even matter where you live, like um, because I mean, sure so we're based in Oregon and we have volunteers and stuff in Seattle, but well, one, we do adopt dogs anywhere. We've had dogs fly to Maine, Wyoming, Colorado, California, Canada. Um that's one half. So if you want to adopt a dog and street dog here, you can do that. too. of course, donations are always the biggest thing because we have a, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. Um, so we're around strictly on donations. Um, two, I always love telling people that when you do travel for work or vacation and you in an area where you see street dogs, know that you just don't um need to feel sorry for them or take a picture or just give them your scraps. Like there's so much more you can do. Um like contact me people contact me all the time, go, Oh my God, I saw this dog. How can I help? And um, if it's really bad, you can take a picture of where it is, send it to me and we can try to figure out what rescue in the area can maybe help that dog. Mm, that's um, great. You can always, um, that happens a lot and you'd be surprised what happens, you know, just because one person stopped and said, I want to help this dog. I always tell people um, vaccination spay and neutering is very cheap in Mexico, 30 bucks for spay and neuter, 10 bucks for a vaccine. So if you um, become friends with some locals and they have dogs, ask them if you can spin your dogs, ask them if you can vaccinate their dogs, just teach them, mm-hmm. you know, talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, bags of dog food. I mean, even though the dogs are not, most of the time the dogs are pretty, well, the, the dogs at tourists see are pretty well fed, right? But I'll tell you, if they see a bag of dog food, they still scarf up that dog food. So even just a bag of dog food, that dog would be great. A bowl of water. I mean, there's so many things you can do besides just walk past the dog and think about it. You know, like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and just yeah. give a little help. There's something you can do.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Absolutely, great. Well, you can fly a. Oh, and you can fly a home dog. You can fly a <laughs> yes. home. Yes, yes. That's the most important part. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're traveling and you're returning back to even San Fran, L.A., um, Seattle, Portland, Redmond. Um, please contact me. That's the only way we get dogs from point A to point B is by flight volunteers or flight angels. And we pay for everything. It's, it's seamless. It's easy. It's fun. Um, My kids and I do it every time we fly and um, I wouldn't do it any other way now. So
0: yeah. Yeah. We're always,
1: yeah, I've done it and I'm so happy I did. It feels so good.
0: It does. Yeah. Yeah, And uh, I've had dogs. It's kind of a, Sicular, it's almost like a little addiction, and it's this little well it before is. COVID where it it's sickly. Sicular, what is that word I'm trying to say? It, it goes Cicula? in a c- I don't know, I can't say it, <laughs> but we'll go down, I'll go down, and there'll be a dog, but it's not healthy enough to come back up. So then I have, um, you know, a foster down there, and I pay for the vet and the spay and neuter, and I get the dog all ready, and then I you know, have brought one up that time and only intended to bring up that one, but then found that one. So then I have to go back down for that one. And then that brings up <laughs> another one. And then there's another one that's in the vet clinic down and then that comes back up. And, and uh, yeah, pre COVID, it was this great little addiction and it. And it does help a lot, especially for your organization where you do have all the fosters. So,
1: and yeah. my dog Poncho, I actually got at this Bay and neuter clinic where we met you, and he's Which three years was old
0: now. That? Is he the pity or a boxer? No, they were both terriers. They were like, I brought up his sister, actually, who now lives a couple hours from She lives with one of my clients, um, but they like, look like terriers. One was black and one was tan, and they, they were no little beards. gangly terrier things with long legs. and. Yeah, they were brought in. Um, uh, Kathy Corelli of uh, Help Loom dogs okay. or, um, So I flew home a bunch of dogs that trip. I flew home big dogs,
2: big little dogs. I flew them all some of the little puppies. So I bet no, I remember yeah. all the puppies were against the wall.
0: So I,
1: bet, <laughs> yeah. I brought were, back three. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, David took so three cool. to where were you? Vancouver. I took three to v- Vancouver. <laughs> Vancouver, yeah, yeah. So that was just that's that's how it goes. And if everyone can just help and do that, it would just be
1: yeah. And that was my first experience doing that, and I'm like, wow, this is scary. And then it was over. I was like. Wow, this is cool! Yeah, it <laughs> is. yeah. No, yeah. That was and
2: they, and they, like, I've, oh. I've, come across, I've come across organizations that don't believe in um, like taking dogs out um, and you know just helping there, but they really need to get the dogs out, as you know, because I have rescues which I think we'll talk about later, but I have rescues in um, Cabo that get no help because they're like three hours from the airport, three hours from a major city um, that have two hundred plus dogs in. Between their house or sister's dogs and their grandma's house, Um, you know. So the only and they want to keep rescuing, but they can't because they're limited. So getting dogs out is so important. And
0: until yeah, it is. And I think it depends. uh, This podcast I've interviewed a number of different rescue organizations, and and what I like about it is they they all have their own rules and regulations, and they're all run differently. And it, it often depends a lot on where they are, what country they're in, what facilities they have, how easy it is to get the dogs out. There's a lot of, um, you know, how easily they can find good homes where they are. Um, You know, there's a lot of different factors involved in that. And with what I do, I just, um, you know, remain flexible on, on how they do it. And it, it, it really works well when they know their area well and what the challenges are. Oh, from what I understand from talking to you, you've you've actually uh, focused a little bit more on the the really small communities and some of the the places that are that need a voice. Yeah, that yes. more challenged. So, can you tell us about about yeah. some of that? That's, that's exactly what I do. So, when I
2: first started Street Duck here, I was just helping anyone who needed help because I didn't really know what I was doing, and like I was helping <laughs> Lisa with help to loom, and and I I ended up getting these great organizations, but the more I go to Mexico, the more I do my own Spanier clinics, the more people I meet. I realize that these other organizations um, like Lisa, but I still help Lisa, but she's just my example. Cause you know, her with help to him dogs. Um, you know, she's able to fly dogs, other places where other people are not able to do any of that. So my, now my focus is kind of changing too. I will absolutely help anyone whenever I can. Just like I'm flying dogs with Lisa. I think I just flew a couple from Lisa or flying some more soon. But my, my main goal is to now go to those independent rescuers or those rescuers that have no one and be their help um, so they can continue to do more. And of course, do my spay clinics where there's no vets, where there's no transportation to any local, you know, just where, where there's needs the greatest,
0: I'm going to be there. That's great. That's great. Yeah, there's a woman you were mentioning that has, she's a local woman, and she just is sort of doing it on her own. and. Two hundred dogs or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, she's
2: in a little place called El Constitution. It's by Loren, Lorenzo. I don't even know. I don't know what it's. It's literally. I went there in the last two weeks ago, and it's three and a half hours from Toto santo so it's about probably four hours from Cabo. And it was a uh, middle nowhere. Yeah, she just and she does an amazing job. She had um, it's she has three houses, um, and one house housed the small dogs. One house. House the medium dogs and one house did the big dogs. And it was really cool how they did it. And the, the big dogs surprised me because there's probably 87, 90 dogs there. And they were all healthy. They were all happy. Um, the husband that lived there was like throwing a soccer ball and throwing water for the dogs, and they were not oh. one growl, not one oh. snarl, one fight broke out. I was so impressed. Um wow. And then, of course, that same trip, I um, took 15 dogs from a hoarder situation where the dogs were complete opposite, um, skin and bones and no hair. And I'm, um, yeah, so uh, that was, and he thinks he's, he thinks he's doing good, but he's, the dogs are trapped. That's a whole nother segment. Yeah. And
0: that does happen. And that gets back to what you were talking about before, where, is it good to take the de- dogs off the street? Is it good to take them away? And you're sort of making this decision as best as, as, as you can and it, for the better interest of the dog and, and without stepping on toes. And it gets yes. it can get um, tricky, but the point is um, you're doing something. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing a no. lot more probably than the yeah. people who might complain about what you're doing. So that's, no, that's okay. uh, what you have to keep in mind, that what you're doing comes from the heart and, you, and you're doing a
1: great, great job. And you have a lot of support. And I think you have a lot of support. It,
2: it's becoming more um, well known and um, people are accepting it. And I mean, in the beginning, there was a lot of questions, of course, of like, why do you help internationally? Why don't you help in your own backyard? And my answer is my heart is with street dogs and this is my organization and that's where I want to help, right? So and I, so I tell everyone I help however I can, whenever I can. It's like I'm helping right. in Asia because there's no way I can turn a blind eye to those dogs in the meat farm. So um, since I'm Especially since I can help, help, um, you know. So. Right,
0: and I want to help and I'm human, and I can only do so much. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs>
1: right,
0: but if and again, if those people do want to help, but their passion is with with local, like very local, because then really do it, then they can that's just help great. you with what you're doing locally in those spay and neuter <laughs> clinics. And if they want to only stick with that, then Good. that's fine too.
2: Exactly. And that's why there's organizations, like you said, uh, all over the world, not even just animals without, you know, with anything. It's just why everyone has their passion. They should do something about it because it is making the world a better place. And
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And Marianne, this brings us to our tail end question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned from a dog or dogs that has influenced you or changed your life?
2: So this is going to go back. So if you ever, if anyone ever goes to my website, it's on my website and probably on my Facebook page, but um, this, so now it's been 23 years ago. was my first time ever outside the United States with my husband. I think we were engaged back then after college. It was the first time I saw a street dog and it just broke me. I, I was the one that just would sneak at food and I would think about it and for weeks and months after I left Mexico. Um, and I always told my husband, um, for literally 20 years, one day, honey, we have to save one dog from Mexico, just one street dog, from Mexico. And then, <laughs> so 23 years or three years ago, I finally just said, that's it. You know, I am able to do it. I'm a stay at home mom. My kids are old enough. I can, you know, do it. And I made the plunge and I, it's the best decision I ever made. And I'm going to cry just talking about it. But, um, yeah, so fortunate so, anyways.
0: Um, good for you. Oh, you're a wonderful, wonderful woman. And we are so fortunate to have had this conversation with you. And even more, um, unfortunately, uh, not all our listeners have met you. But if they ever get the chance, if you ever get the chance, you want to meet Marianne Cox of Street Dog Hero. And if you can help them out at all, that would be great. Thank and you. And
1: thank you for what you do. And so nice to see you again. And speak. Oh,
0: thank you, too. I feel
2: like it was just yesterday
1: we saw you guys. I know. <laughs>
2: Fantastic!
1: Well,
2: you. The Your weather
0: looks beautiful cabin. there. <laughs> it looks beautiful today. Not lie. Yeah. Well, I have to say that uh, if there was a little bit of uh, problem and static and stuff in this, I apologize out there to the listener world, but our neighbors decided to dismantle their home today, like literally implode it, crush it, take it away. And so there, <laughs> <laughs> so there's like big trucks all around us. And, and I think the last interview I did uh, with Michael down in Thailand, um, they started to jackhammer in front of my house during that one. So I just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I need to figure this out. But with COVID, uh, the interviews are getting done in the little closet area in the little home. So I hope that all worked out for everybody out there in the listener world. But thank you again, Marianne, and we will keep in touch. Okay, bye guys. Great music by Danielle Bourgeau and a really heartfelt chat with Marianne. You can just feel the passion she has for what she does, which leads me to my snippet piece. It is my passion to spread awareness of upper dogology because it saves dogs' lives. I know it's odd to think that a formula for working with dogs over six months can save lives. Every day or at least weekly, potential clients say, I have tried everything. I'm at my wits' end. They feel they need to put their dog down or rehome their dog because their trainer or vet told them there is nothing more they can do beyond the standard methods and techniques they have tried. Once we've worked together, their most common response is, wow, how come I've never heard of this? Wow, this, if it wasn't for this, I would have possibly put my dog down. And they don't even really like to admit that. And I realize that perhaps many of you feel that people who consider euthanizing their dog or surrendering their dog are not worthy of having a dog. But my clients are dedicated and have gone above and beyond to try and help their dogs. Majority of my clients have had numerous really good trainers who use positive reinforcement or balance training techniques before hiring me. My clients range from new dog owners to experienced dog owners, groomers, fosters, rescuers, and veterinarians. They know dogs and they love dogs. As much as I love helping these people and it is rewarding as all hell, it is also fucking frustrating to imagine how many dogs are put through the system or euthanized because of behavioral issues, especially anxiety and aggression, which is where Upper Dogology shines. But I need awareness, and this is the fault that lies within the dog world. It should be common knowledge to advance to cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what Upper Dogology is grounded in. When techniques commonly effective with puppies are falling short with dogs over six months or with dogs that have a checkered past. I am passionate about spreading awareness of upper dogology, not out of ego, but out of pure frustration with the dog world. Dogs are dying and people who are trying to help them are frustrated. Many of you are probably saying, feel free, Billy. (laughs) Go ahead, Billy, share upper Dogology, launch a course, teach us it, and I'm going to do that. I am launching a course. We'll be through webinars and different platforms to share the specifics of upper Dogology. But first, I need awareness, and that is where you can help. Please tell your veterinarian, the rescue organizations you got your dog from, your trainer, your groomer. If you know of a rescue organization who could use a voice, or if you have a question or suggestion please email billy at upperdogology.com. visit my website www.upperdogology.com. please share these episodes provide a rating and review please follow upward dogology and instagram and like our facebook page check out the other episodes and support the organizations by sharing those episodes it takes a village and everyone has the ability to be part of the solution enjoy your learning journey